Hello and welcome fellow film buffs. I'm Zach Droll, and I'm joined by my co-host and fellow cinephile, Hunter Ventilirup. Yo! We are the box office losers. Each and every week we deep dive into the movie sphere to watch and review any and all films to ever grace your screen or the silver screen. This week we're talking about Whiplash. Or, as I should say, Circle Jerk Jazz Band. <laughs> Oh, fuck off. This is a good movie. <laughs> the performances was, were good. The script is a little weird, and, like, every twist and turn they throw in there, I'm just like, why? Why are you doing this? You'll like, see in my mid-movie notes, I'm like, are we supposed to feel for Simmons? And I'm like, oh, no, we're not. He's still a prick. Okay. R- remember, th- this movie is what also helped me a little bit get back into, into writing. Hey man, it's a good script. It's won a lot of awards for its script. It was like in like the top ten list of unproduced scripts in 2013, and then in 2014, obviously, it was made. Did you watch the um like in the movies anywhere one? You can like th- there's like a short uh, of its original screenplay. No, I didn't see that one, but I I know it's uh like what 12 minutes or something like that. Yeah, and Simmons was always casted for Neiman. No, not not Neiman, uh, Fletcher, sorry. Yeah, he was in the original one. Oh, it was 18-minute short film, that's what it was. Yeah, hey, I, I like this movie a lot. This movie, like, I, I, I've i seen this movie, like, three times now. Y'all are gonna hate my review. Oh, yeah. It, it, so if if you guys are not, like, art housey like, like I am, you're definitely gonna hate uh, Hunter's review. <laughs> if you're an art house snob like Zachariah... Yeah, you're gonna hate like, my like review. Me, I, I, I'm very particular <laughs> on my art house films, like, and you know that. I, oh yeah, and I, I said I, I like indie films too, but like I'm more like a I'm like a comedy guy, or like uh, like I like Guns Akimbo. I like Swiss Army Man. I know those are both David Daniel Radcliffe Guns films. Guns Akimbo's good. I, I like Guns Akimbo too. <laughs> yeah, but that was art house in a stupid way. <laughs> Swiss Army Man actually had meaning behind it. Swiss Army Man was like about loss and anxiety and shit like that. It was good. Swiss Army Man also fucked me up. Sorry, man, was good. Oh, my God. We got to cover that at some point. That's a movie I'll talk about. Oof. Um, yeah, I'm going to dive into this overview for us. For sure, man. Uh, Whiplash is a 2014 American drama written and directed by Damien Chazel. Uh, it depicts the relationship between a, an ambitious jazz drummer, Miles Teller. Uh, well, that, that's just the actor who yeah. plays um, Andrew Neiman. As in... Um, and an abusive uh, perfectionist uh, band leader, J.K. Simmons' character, uh, Terrence Fletcher, as a fictional uh, Scharfer conservatory? At the oh, fictional. At the fictional Schaefer conservatory. Yeah, Sorry. it's uh, the school they went to. It's basically just two basements is what it was. <laughs> but also, it pretty much was, it was based in New York. A lot of... Yeah, a lot of schools are like pretty yeah. much like, it's, a, it's an apartment complex. Yeah. Uh, do you want to uh, read off this cast for us? Yeah, so it's not really a huge cast. We got Miles Teller as Andrew Neiman. We got J.K. Simmons as Terrence Flesher. Paul Reiser as Jim Neiman, the dad. Melissa Benoit as Nicole, or Supergirl. Austin Stowell as Ryan Coley, the ginger boy. And then Nate Lang as Carl Tanner, who's actually a real drummer. Hmm. Yeah, cool. he actually taught Austin and uh, Miles extra stuff while they were filming. So they could, you know, get their parts real, real good. I think, like, I, um, with Miles Teller, like, like he, he was a drummer. Oh like, uh, yeah, no, I'm talking about just overall Miles Teller. Like, I think this movie, Twenty One and Over, and I forget what other movie helped him really get into the limelight. I think it was the Spectacular Now. Yeah, and then that, um, and, and then that boxing movie. Um. Crap, what was that movie? Uh, I'll, I'll look it up. Uh... Zach, insert it here. No, I'm just going <laughs> to fucking look at it. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, so as you looked that up, um, the budget for this movie was $3.3 million and the box office was $49 million. That is a huge box office gain. Gross, whatever it's called. Um, bleed for this. I think I saw that. And, well, like, I, I like to point this out that, like, I think uh, Whiplash really helped him get the more serious roles. Oh, yeah, this was the one that took him off. Like, the other ones were good. Like, he was in comedies, and he was typecast as, like, white funny guy. And then uh, for Bleed for This, he was kind of getting into serious roles with still a little bit of aspects of comedy. 
more like a dramedy of sorts. And then Whiplash was the one that really took him off the charts and threw him up well, into uh, popularity. Well, Whiplash came out first, then Bleed for this. Yeah, that's whatever. They and all formed at the same time. War Dogs was weird. That was the one with um, Jonah Hill, uh, right? Yes. Where Jonah Hill gained like 300 pounds and looked like, a, looked like the moon. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> He got really big for that role, and then he slimmed well, I, down I real think, quick for, I, like, I uh, think, this is the end. Well, I think that th- those films were filmed, like, like both that one and, uh, and Wolf of Wall Street were filmed back-to-back. Because he looks the same, pretty much. Uh, he, he gained a tiny bit more weight for War Dogs, cause in, um, and he also got his facial hair up. He looked, like, um, a, he looked like a big dog in uh, War Dogs. Yeah, but I, I, if it wasn't for Whiplash, I think he would never have gotten more serious roles. Cause hell, he, he, he's even casted for for Top Gun Maverick. I know he's playing the son. I can't wait for that. It's gonna be great. Yeah, he's he, gonna he's gonna have a little mustache. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, he's just like he, he. Miles is an amazing actor. I, I, I can't stress that enough. Yeah, it, it like, sucks. He, it he, sucks he, that Fantastic Four up. was bad. Like he he came up in that um in that era of like the young actors, like um Dan Dion, Zach um, Efron, Zach no 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 me like Dan Dion um oh Dane DeHaan um Michael B Jordan those yeah. guys yeah yeah like he like the, those if you want to like classify like a, a three like just like three guys as a rap as as the brat pack for our generation it was them. Mm-hmm. Because they pretty much all came up together, and they all really, really like like crafted w- what they wanted to do. Yeah, and two of them did boxing movies. We're just waiting on Dane DeHaan's boxing movie. <laughs> well, he fell off the face of the earth after after Spider Man. <laughs> oh no, he was in Valerian. He was in A Cure for Wellness in 2016. He's doing stuff. He's out there. He did uh, a Quibi show, which was really good, called The Stranger. Yeah, I know about yeah, Dane DeHaan. Dead. I like him. Oh uh, no, actually, Roku just bought it. What the fuck? So all the so all of the um stuff that was on Quibi is gonna go on the Roku channel. So. Cool. Yeah, man. Hey, the stranger was good. So was Dummy. Quibi had some quality content. It was just a stupid, it was just a stupid um service, Primus. and they gave you three months free. I got three months free. I watched everything I wanted to watch, and then I canceled my subscription. I was like, Yeah, that's you're why you went out of business. <laughs> they should have just done a week. And then, like, all right, then you gotta pay why, for stuff. <laughs> legit, if it wasn't for those for those three months, it would have never, never went out of business. But then again, also, a lot of people wouldn't have watched the shows on there if it wasn't three months free. I was never gonna watch the shows, and then I was like, oh, I get three months free. Okay, I'll try it. And I ended up liking the service. It had quality content, but again, the service itself was weird. I was thinking about getting it just to like watch Reno nine one one. Just wait for right. the uh, Roku version. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm gonna read uh, the first uh, three of the notes. Sure. Uh, Whiplash premiered in the uh, in competition at the 2014 Sundance Film Festival on January 16th, 2014, as the festival's opening film. It won the Audience Award and Grand Jury Prize for Drama. Yo, dude, imagine having the first movie at the Sundance Film Festival and it wins the Audience Award. They showed up like, all right, the first film's gonna be nothing, let's see what it is. And then it's Whiplash, and they're like, that's the best one, we don't gotta watch anymore. <laughs> well, okay, I, 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 the, 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 the awards it got is definitely due. Oh, yeah, I, again, even though I didn't like the movie as much as some people, I can still appreciate why it won its awards, what it got... Oh my god, best sound mixing? That's a fucking lie. I have to complain about that when we get there. Continue. <laughs> oh god. The sound mixing uh, was trash. Yeah, I, I can agree with that in some areas. The The film received uh, widespread critical acclaim at the um, 87th Annual Academy Awards Whiplash won Best Film Editing, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Supporting Actor from Simmons, who was also nominated for Best Adapted uh, Screenplay and Best Picture. Uh, J.K. Simmons was up against Ethan Hawke for Boyhood, yeah, which that's that another movie we gotta watch. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, Ethan Hawke the... filmed that for 12 years. The entire cast filmed that for 12 years. Yeah. And the only one who didn't age was Ethan Hawke. Yeah, because he's like an immortal god. <laughs> he's like Paul Rudd. <laughs> At the Academy Awards for Best Actor in Supporting Roles, um, Hawke played his character on and off occasionally over the course of 12 years. Simmons played... Um, his for 19 days, not including the day 
Days playing the same character in the short film of the same name. Dude, this this movie, 19 Days, can you believe <laughs> that? I mean, I, I mean, I can see how 19 Days, like, because like, it looks like they shot it in, like, a week, you know? Yeah. None of the none of the characters like age or look any different. Like you can always tell when movies take like two years to make because in some scenes they look slightly different. Like you know they shave their facial hair and make them look like almost the same as the last shot. But there yeah. are some scenes when you're just like, nah, there's a little bit of a difference in that one. So it was yeah, crazy. But, um, yeah. So give your gripes about the sound mixing real quick. It just wasn't good. Like, I don't understand. Like, I was watching the movie, and uh, Courtney was sleeping in the bed, or at least relaxing. And then it would be, like, a super quiet scene, like, when Miles... Oh, Miles Teller. When uh, Andrew was talking to, like, his dad in, like, the... After he first got in... After, um... Oh, man, was he kicked out? No. It was after he first got replaced as one of the chairs. And it was right before that dinner scene with the family. And... I love that scene. That's a good scene. And, um... Like, it's just, like, super quiet. I had to turn my volume up. And then literally the next scene is... And I'm like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck? I had to turn the volume all the way down. And then, like, the jazz just, like, outplayed all the... Um, the talking, like, drastically. I understand music is obviously louder than people talking, but mix it properly. I shouldn't have to turn the volume super low down and then super high up to hear these people talk. The sound mixing was not good. And you can fucking fight me on that. I, I I gave the benefit of the doubt of just loud jazz, jazz music. Oh, jazz is supposed to be loud. That's the point of jazz. Um, so Except I, I, I want to talk about that dinner scene. Oh <laughs> Where my he's God. flexing on. He's like, you're only Division Three, bitch. And I'm like, oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I got to go as like... Um, Division Three football. <laughs> the, 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 the line about the NFL, I go, and three words you'll never hear from the NFL. No, no it, it was come play with us. He goes, three words you'll never hear from the NFL. <laughs> Dude, he burned that dude. Uh, I, like so when I when I first heard that line, I was like, "What the fuck? Whoa!" Are we yeah, just throwing fucking, all the punches today. He's uh, dude. That, well, that whole scene, they were basically making fun of him for being a drummer and being a musician. And he was like, "But my boy plays Division Three football, and he threw a ninety-three yard touchdown, which, to be fair, is really good." <laughs> it, yeah, which is really good, but like, still, even if like, it is Division Three, that's still pretty good. <laughs> But but then you have your, your your nephew over here who was handpicked by arguably in 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 that in that school the best music teacher ever. Yeah. Ha- handpicked. Mhm. Because he was just so, flexing one day in the morning. He was just flexing. Uh, I'll read this final paragraph. Then you pick sure. it up. Yeah. While attending uh Preston High School, right director uh, Damien Chazelle. Uh, was in a very competitive jazz band and drew on the dread he felt in those years. He based the uh, conductor, Terrence Fletcher, on his former band instructor who died in 2003, but pushed it further, adding elements of Buddy Rich and other band leaders known to their harsh treatment. Giselle said he wrote the film initially in frustration uh, while trying to get his musical... La La Land off the ground. Holy shit. <laughs> He's a music guy. <laughs> oh, now we watch La La Land, too. Yeah, he wrote... Dude, he wrote Whiplash because he was mad at writing La La Land, and those movies are both good. Like, that's crazy. That's fucking... That, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> I would love to talk to this guy, really. He's probably pretty chill. I mean, or maybe he's like Fletcher and he's a loud asshole. We'll see. <laughs> I, I definitely do want to watch La La Land because that I heard that movie is good. That was my grandma's favorite movie. So yeah. Yeah. So, Right of Way Films and Blumhouse Productions helped Chazelle turn 15 pages of his original screenplay into a short film starring Johnny Simmons as Neiman and J.K. Simmons, no relation, as Fletcher. The 18-minute short film received acclaim after debuting a 2013 Sundance Film Festival, winning short film jury award for fiction. While, uh, which attracted investors to produce the complete version of the script. The feature-length film was financed for $3.3 million by Bold Films. Can we give a shout-out to Blumhouse? Dude, Blumhouse is low-key, like, the best, they're the best production company, like, ever. But Blumhouse and A24 are two companies I would love to work for. I mean, to be fair, Blumhouse doesn't always produce winners, but they still, like, are doing the best in the business for, like, what they do. Yeah. A twenty A twenty four is probably the best if you have to if you have well, to boil it down and pick one because A twenty four picks like legit winners they win like every award. 
And well, then, if, um, if like, hey, hey, eight twenty four really got got its cred, I think with Lighthouse, Good Times, and um, and uh, Uncut Gems. Dude, those what? Are you kidding? The eight twenty four produced way better films way earlier than twenty nineteen. You're crazy. I, I, what other films did I see from them that I, I try to remember other ones that Dude, I, I know? Eight twenty four does literally every single independent film. They did uh, Swiss Army Man for for just to name one off the top of my That's head. That's right. I think they also bless you. They did Guns Akimbo as well. They just do a lot of indie movies, but Blumhouse does a lot of indie horror movies, and that's the niche you want to hit. Because even if indie horror movies are bad, they're still good. Look at It Follows. That movie is bad, but it's fantastic at the same time. I believe that's Blumhouse. I'm trying to look at other ones. I I, I know I've seen other A24 films, but uh, those were the I ones... I want to say 8th Grade. I want to say Booksmart. Um... There was Lady Bird, the Lady Florida Bird. Project. I think uh, mid nineties. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. A twenty four is like, great. What are you talking about? You're like they just recently came into play with their twenty nineteen movies. I'm like, bitch, they've been around. Well, since no, at least I mean, no, but like, but, but but they got more like, but but if it wasn't for the the movies more recently, a lot of this stuff wouldn't be more to eyes because a, a lot of like, if you look at like um the, the Florida Project mid nineties. And um and Swiss and, and yeah their budget wasn't like, the box office wasn't that big yeah and then if you go off by say Lighthouse um, even Good Times I think both and then and you films. bring up um and then you bring Uncut Gems like those like th- those were, were subsequently the films that go that, that made a lot of the more casual moviegoers think. Okay, A twenty four is legit. They're good. Yeah, but with the films before A twenty, the ones that A twenty four did before those films really drove the path to what A twenty four could be. Because A twenty four didn't really have a lot of big name actors in their belt. Daniel Radcliffe isn't a hot ticket. Like neither is that kid from mid nineties. Like Jonah Hill isn't a hot ticket director. It's uh, because of those films that they got Pattinson and Defoe and Pattinson again for Good Times. <laughs> like. Well, like- they and I know Pattinson's not crazy, but still, Pattinson is still up there they, with well, some of the Well, they made Green actors. Room, and they got Patrick Stewart in 2016. Well, pa- back in the day, Patrick Stewart wasn't really, like, a hot-ticket item either. He's been on American Dad for, like, 15 years. <laughs> I love Patrick Stewart, not to knock Patrick Stewart. One of my favorite British actors of all time, but, like, he wasn't high and he wasn't flying high after some of those X-Men films. He needed, uh, he needed a couple breaks. I think they're like I think that their original box office breakout was Spring Break, that was like their earliest one. Spring Breakers. Yeah, Spring Breakers. What was their earliest? I think breakout. Mmm. I mean, I could see that it was a bunch of hot chicks and date and James Franco. So. Oh God, fucking Tusk. No. <laughs> yeah, dude, Tusk is what's up, man. It's so good. <laughs> I, 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 I'm I'm just like I'm scrolling through their website, mm-hmm. and then I I see okay scroll, Tusk. Fuck. It will forever no. haunt you in your nightmares. <laughs> it, it's definitely going to. Alright. <clears throat> Let's continue on with the notes before we stray too far from our clear path. So, Damien Chazelle wanted Miles Teller for the role of Andrew Newman when he was filming his original short film, Whiplash from 2013, but Teller was unavailable. I think he was filming The Spectacular Now uh, at the time, which took a couple years to film. That was the comedy with uh, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, Johnny Simmons was cast instead. When casting the film version, the finalists for the role were Teller and Simmons, but Teller was cast, one, because he was available, and two, because he was a better name and an actual drummer. Simmons just, oh. you know, learned for what he had to do. Uh, to correct you, it's the, it was that awkward moment. That awkward moment, moment. okay. Yeah. Spectacular now was with, um... No, that wasn't with Anna Kendrick. What's the Spectacular now? Uh, spectacular now is Brie Larson, uh, Ch- Chanel Woodley. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the one with him and Anna Kendrick? Uh, is that it's the one where he like has to move out of his parents' house for the first time and he's living with Anna Kendrick and he's like trying to figure it out. Uh, uh, continue reading. I'll find. Oh no, oh it's it's get a job. Get a job. There we go. That was pretty good. Uh, early on, Chazelle gave J.K. Simmons direction that, quote-unquote, uh, I wanted you to take it 
past what you think the normal limit would be, telling him, I don't want to see a human being on screen, I want to see a monster, a gargoyle, an animal. Many of the band members were real musicians or music students, and Chazelle tried to capture their expressions of fear and anxiety when they were pressed by Simmons. Chazelle said the between takes, Simmons was as sweet as can be, which, to his credit, <laughs> was uh, keeping him from shooting from... Uh, oh my god. Which he credits for keeping the shoot from being nightmarish, and the film was only shot in 19 days. Like, so, does that mean, like, w- w- with his outburst, was he not given, like, a script? It's like, hey, just fucking ream them? No, he was given a script. There's only one okay. line that he improvised, and it's somewhere in the notes. What is it? I'll fuck you like a pig. No, that, I'll, I'll actually talk about that when we get there. Um, I'll read this last one, and then you can read that. three, and then I'll read the other one. Um, so, the film received the top audience and jury awards at the 2014 Sundance Film Festival, and the short film of the same name took the jury award as well. The film also took Grand Prize and Audience Award for Favorite Film in the 40th Duval American Film Festival. All right, Zachy boy, read up three. Uh, during the most intense... You missed was, one. Is that right? Oh, okay. What plot was originally planned to compete for the Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay, but on January 16, 2015, the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Screens, Ampus. the MPAS, um, announced that the film would instead be competing in the Adapted Screenplay category to the surprise of many, including Chazelle. Although the Writers Guild of America categorized the screenplay as original, um, and the MAPA, uh, the MAPIS, uh, classed it as an adaptation of the 2013 short version. Which technically fucking, is, it's technically true though. It, it's true, but it's still his screenplay, so it makes exactly. no fucking sense. It's still an original screenplay from him. It's not like he adapted it from a book or something. He adapted yeah. it from his own short film. <laughs> like, and that, that makes no fucking sense. <laughs> During the more intense practice scenes, the director wouldn't yell cut. So that Miles Teller would keep drumming until he exhausted himself. Jesus. Yeah, that's funny shit, man. <laughs> Those blisters were real. Yeah. Uh, Miles Teller, um, who was uh, pl- who a uh, monster who had played drums since he was fifteen, received blisters on his hands due to the vigorous, unconventional style of jazz drumming. Some of his blood was on the drumsticks and the drum set as a result. Yeah, yeah so dude. some of those scenes were probably real. A lot of them were real. They only used a stand-in for um, the soundtrack. They didn't use a, st- a stand-in for any of the stuff. Andrew, uh, well, Miles Teller actually appears in every single scene. There's not one scene he's not in. It's crazy. Wait, really? Yep. No, wait, there's the one scene when uh, you got the two other classmates in the bathroom and you just hear... Uh, 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 Sim and G yell in the background. Bless you. That's, that's a, a we- one time. There's he's not he's not in the scene. No, I think it, that's a continuation. It's a very small of scene, scene, but he's not in it. No, I think it's a continuation of another scene. It, it's a continuation, but he's not in it technically. Oh uh, well, you're wrong. Anyway, and also um, you're cutting in and out. Yeah, my Wi-Fi is right. being a little shitty, but my audio is fine. Um. So, for the slapping scene, J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller filmed several takes, with Simmons only miming the slap. But for the final take, Simmons and Teller decided to, to film the real genuine slap. This was the film, uh, the take that was in the movie. Crazy, man. He actually just slapped that bitch three times. <laughs> it was great. Uh, there, was, there was also um, a note that I didn't add in here, but Melissa Benoit uh, is like the fourth credited actress in the film, and she's only in ten minutes, of the, uh, less than ten minutes of the film. She's the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She's literally in three yes, scenes. I, I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then she's on the phone. So she's barely in the movie at all. But she's credited like higher than uh, most of the other people that were in it for way longer. Um, J.K. Simmons stated his character Fletcher calling Andrew a self-righteous prick was the only line he improvised. Everything else was scripted. So that's where, uh, hmm. yeah, that's where he drew the line. He just said, you self-righteous prick. And that was it. <laughs> And then here's the line that you thought was improvised. In the scene where J.K. Simmons yells, I will fuck you like a pig, you may notice that the camera cuts away from him when he delivers that line. The line was actually taken from the short film. The original line was, I'm going to gut you like a fucking pig. Damien Chazelle thought the new line was hilarious and included it in the, pro- the production script, but 
Simmons thought it was ridiculous and refused to say that line. But Chazelle included the mistake in the post-production anyway. So, uh, yeah. Dam- uh, Simmons didn't want to say, I'm going to gut you like a fucking pig. He said, I will fuck you like a pig. Unless I misread that. Well, hey, it's the other it, way around, it, but still it's, great. It, it, it sounds a lot better than, I'm going to gut you like a fucking pig. It's a little bit longer. Like you add it, add, yeah, adding the extra words makes it, it takes away from the drumming sequence that's happening. Yeah, so yeah. those are our notes for the film. Anything you want to add before we move on to the plot, Chief? Uh, no, hopefully, I, when, like, it's going to be hard to keep up if the wife, if, like, connection is, like, uh. Mm. So I'm trying to keep up with you as you're reading. I think it's good now. Oh, cool. So, uh, do you want to start off with the plot, or do you want me to oh, start? Oh, yeah, it's better. Uh, I'll start off with the first two, then you go. Sounds good. Um, Andrew Neiman is a first-year student at the prestigious Schaefer Conservatory in New York City. He has been playing drums from a young age and aspires to become a world-class drummer like Buddy Rich. Terrence Fletcher, Terrence Fletcher, con- conductor and band leader of Schaefer's Conservatory Studio Band, invites him to the ensemble as an alternate for chord drummer Carl Tanner. However, Andrew quickly discovers that Fletcher is relentlessly strict, ruthless, and abusive to his students. When the band (coughs) rehearses the Hank Levy piece Whiplash, and Andrew struggles to keep the tempo, Fletcher hurls a chair at him and slaps him multiple times and berates him in front of the ensemble. Makes him fucking cry. (laughs) In a jazz... uh, See, like, when he hurled the chair, I thought he had, um, I thought he had, um, uh, a symbol there, and he, and he chucked it to kind of do a reference to the, the story to the guys they, they, they were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought it was at first, too. Um, in a, a jazz chair. competition. Mm. In a jazz competition, after their first set, Andrew misplaces Tanner's, um, sheet music. When called for their second set, Tanner cannot play without his sheet, but Andrew claims he can perform Whiplash from memory. A After a successful and a performance, Fletcher promote. What? I said that was a flex and a half. He was like, I got it from memory, bitch. I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fletcher promotes Andrew to core drummer uh, for the studio band, but also. Uh, recruits Ryan Connolly, the core drummer from the lower level ensemble with the conservatory. Andrew believes Connolly is a less talented drummer than he and is infuriated by Fletcher and is infuriated when Fletcher promotes Connolly to core. Determined to impress Fletcher, Andrew practices until his hands bleeds and breaks up and breaks up with his girlfriend, Nicole, to focus on his um, musical um, ambitions. After a five-hour session with Tanner and Conley the course, uh, for the course spot, in which Fletcher hurls chairs and screams at them, Andrew finally earns back the course spot. Hell yeah, man. That was, like my, that, 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 that was my favorite scene, too. That's a good one. Where they, it was just like, like, like five hours of just them like drumming, and they're mm. trying their damnedest to like, get that spot. Yeah. Well, they're also trying to not, so it's not just team. to get the spot. They're also trying to get it right as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, on their way to the next competition, the bus Andrew is riding on breaks down. He rents a car but arrives late, realizing he left his drumsticks at the rental office. After convincing an impatient Fletcher to wait for him, Andrew races back and retrieves them, but is hit by a truck on the way back. He crawls from the wreckage and runs to the theater, arriving just as the ensemble enters stage. Bloody and injured, Andrew struggles to play Caravan, in which Fletcher halts the performance and dismisses Andrew, who then attacks him on stage, resulting in his expulsion from Schaefer. Another good scene, to be honest. Yeah, that was a good one, like, yeah. He, I, there's a lot of good scenes in this movie, but this movie is just not as good as a lot of people were saying it was. Like, There's a lot of fantastic it, scenes, mostly between Simmons and Teller, but whenever they're not on screen together, I feel like this film is just nothing. I, cause I, I just like um, Andrew's determination. He's like legit, probably playing with a broken arm. Oh yeah, 
<laughs> and he is like just trying to go through the pain. He wants to impress this dude, even though he does not deserve it. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. At his father's request, Andrew meets a lawyer representing the parents of Sean Casey, a former student of Fletcher's, in an ethics complaint against Schaefer. Contrary to Fletcher's prior claim that Sean died in a car accident, the lawyer explains that Sean hanged himself out of depression and anxiety spurred on by Fletcher's abuse. Sean's parents went to see, uh, want to see Fletcher forbidden from teaching again. Andrew agrees to testify as an anonymous witness, and Fletcher is fired. That's like, I I don't see why he would lie about like his students. After, just say like the student like, killed himself, and just I don't say the reason why. I didn't, th- yeah, but they could have assumed. They, uh, Fletcher also wanted to use that as the driving force of being, uh, my teaching is so good that, you know, he made it so far and he ended up getting into a car accident and died. And he's like, I teach this way for a reason. I'm abusive and crazy because it produces results. Look at this guy. Look how great he sounds. And then he cries about it. To be fair, it is a sad scene. And I feel like Fletcher definitely feels like super upset that his former student who he liked died. It's just, he twists it in a way where he's like, you know, saying like, you know, my, my uh, teaching style produces results. Deal with it. Fuck you. It's kind of shitty, but it works. Uh, yeah. Um, follow, uh, following his expulsion, Andrew um, has abandoned drumming and is working at a restaurant. He later discovers Fletcher performing as a pianist at a jazz club. Fletcher spots Andrew and invites him for a drink. Fletcher explains his dismissal from Schaefer and admits that his teaching methods were harsh, but everything he did was only so that his students would push themselves to become their absolute best. Referencing Charles uh, Parker, rise to fame as an example. When Andrew asks if his methods would instead uh, discourage students, Fletcher replies that the next Charlie Parker would never be uh, discouraged. Fletcher invites Andrew to perform with his band at the JVC Jazz Festival as they would be playing the song Andrew was confident in from their time at Schaefer, and Andrew accepts. Andrew invites Nicole to the performance, but she declines as she is in a new relationship. <laughs> yeah, get fucked, dude. Um, what, an, what an asshole. I'm trying to... I want to... Uh, there was one part I'm trying to find. Trying to find what? No, I, I was talking. I wanted to bring up... Um, oh, yeah. I can, on, on how I can say pianist... But I can't read Italian last names. <laughs> you can say penis without saying penis, yeah. But you can't read Italian last names. It is God, it is I your <laughs> it is your lease in life, chief. So I will read off the last bit of plot, and then we'll get into our mid movie notes. So Andrew arrives at the JVC Jazz Festival, and the band goes on stage. Just before they begin the first piece, Fletcher reveals that he knows Andrew testified against him, and as revenge, leads the band with a song Andrew does not know and cannot find anywhere among his music sheets. Andrew walks off stage humiliated, but then returns to the stage and cuts off Fletcher's introduction of their next piece by playing Caravan. Cueing in the band himself, Fletcher is taken aback, but resumes conducting. After Fletcher cues to the last beat of the piece, Andrew continues playing, continuing in an extended solo. After a moment of disbelief, Fletcher is eventually impressed by Andrew's performance before cueing the band finale. And that's where we cut to black right after they done clapping. Crazy. Yeah, I, I, I like it. He goes like... He goes, um, Nemo, what the fuck are you doing? He goes, I'll cue you. He's like, okay. I was like, damn, dude. And dude, imagine if he fucked up, though. <laughs> oh. I was thinking, I, throughout that entire, like, sequence, it was, it was like six minutes of drums. I was like, yo, what if he fucks up? Like, will Simmons, like, throw a fucking chair through his face? Like, what's going on? <laughs> no, he, he, he will, he will take the fucking symbol off the goddamn drum and, and just frisbee it. <laughs> just frisbee it. <laughs> All right, that is ta- That is it for the plot. Let's move on to our mid-movie notes before we wrap it up with reviews. So, I'll start off my mid-movie notes because I have quite a lot, not as many as you'd think, but enough. So, I said, Miles is a little pushover in this film. He looks like the Virgin versus Chad meme. God. <laughs> God. God, why? Dude, it's the Virgin Andrew against the Chad Fletcher. <laughs> Or, or 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 even the Virgin Andrew versus the Chad um Connolly, 
Oh, no, the, t- <laughs> the Chad Carl. That's even better, to be honest. <laughs> Connelly, yeah, Connelly rolls up looking like fucking Archie Andrews, like, I'm bad at drums, but I'm hot. And Miles is like, fuck you! <laughs> yeah. Uh, next, a, a lot of this is me saying J.K. Simmons shouldn't act like this. So uh, my next note is, Simmons is a prick. Don't talk to people that way. <laughs> so, you know. I liked Simmons' performance, but he was totally a douchebag. And I would just, like, walked away. I'd be like, I'm good. Well, that's the point. It made you... He, it, it wanted you to think he's a douchebag. I'm well aware of what the film wanted me to think, Zachary. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Uh, next up is Supergirl serving up Swedish fish and sass. <laughs> she was she was a delight to see in this film. She didn't really have a big part, but she was she was essentially there to humble Miles from being a pretentious, self righteous little prick. But she he ended up getting rid of her in a selfish prick little way. So you know, yeah. Her role in the movie was in she honestly, I feel like Chazelle just put that in just so they could add more characters to the script. I don't think her role in this movie made a difference at all. If they took her well, out, nothing would have changed. Well, well, maybe, maybe like that element w- was based off of his experience. Maybe he had a girlfriend, but yet the pressure of being, high, I guess, like the yeah. core at his high school brand. Yeah, yeah, maybe. yeah. <laughs> He's gonna replace this dude so fast, looking like Steve from Blue's Clues. <laughs> this is uh when if we first meet Carl. He's wearing a blue, sh- uh, not a blue shirt. He's wearing a green and uh, dark green striped shirt. I'm like, this Steve from Blue's Clues looking ass gonna get replaced. <laughs> uh, I I do not condone these notes. These are just his notes <laughs> that he writes. These are correct notes. <laughs> no, they're not. Here's here's my next note. Don't come early, dude. I'm dying. He was calling everybody gay in this film. Fletcher's character is a big old homophobe can, or something. Can, We'll see. Also, like another thing, th- th- this movie does not age well with its slurs no, and everything. No, they say the I, R word and the F word like every three seconds. I, I was like, Jeez. I um, was I think w- when it was Andrew's first day, and you get the one student who's like, "Milk the cunt." I'm like, "What?" Yeah, I was what? like, "Whoa." They also uh, Simmons also calls he's like fat shaming people. He's like <laughs> calling people like slurs all the time. He calls this dude Elmer Fudd. <laughs> He calls dude Elmer Fudd. There's no Mars bar down there. Eating your way through a Happy Meal. Yeah, it's like, and then he like that uh, dude that he yells. He's like, uh, <laughs> "I'm not your boyfriend. Don't come early." Like, what the fuck, man? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine talking to kids that way. Jesus, man, that's ridiculous. Well, like, well, th- these are like pseudo hike college kids. Yeah. At this point. Yeah, they're basically college students. Um, you're up to dude is throwing shit. Yeah, uh, dude is throwing shit at kids. Arrest this man. J.K. Simmons was just, um, an asshole, uh, throughout the entire film. So, you know, arrest this man. Mm. Sorry, I got a text from my manager at work. Um... Simmons looks super old in this movie, but younger in later films. Makeup or health? Crazy. Um, thanks for commenting on that, Zach. Like, oh yeah, man. Yeah. You don't want to say um, anything? <laughs> well, no. Um, I I think it's makeup, but also like Simmons is just fucking jacked overall. Oh, he, he's jacked, but he looks like an old man. And then in other films that come out later, he looks young. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, um, a a, a lot of the scenes with Simmons, like when they were showing like, kind of his, his face close up, and he was doing like like a look. He can he could be a good vulture. I mean, we already got Michael Keaton, but yeah, I, I know. J.K. Simmons would have been pretty good too. But J.K. Know, Simmons but is J.J. So I know, you but know. if you just if you if you look at the way his face was throughout some of the scenes, he can oh, yeah. he could, he could be a good vulture. Oh yeah, I could see it. Uh, next line, next note is Tanner just got shat on when they show up the next day at the um, uh, school, and uh, Tanner's sitting in the seat. And uh, Fletcher walks in and goes, Tanner, we got no time for alternates. Switch with Neiman. I was like, oh, dude, can you imagine showing up to class thinking you're the uh, the cover and then you just get shat on? Core. <laughs> oh, man. It's core. Ah, it doesn't matter. Just... Um... <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? It does matter. 
Uh, this matter a little bit. And then this is the next day where Fletcher brings on Connolly, and I go, Fletcher be testing your boy Neiman, but Neiman took the bait. So. I mean, a, a lot of this was to to fuck with Neiman. Yeah, obviously. A he lot says it later things. on. He says it later on in the film. Um, and during the breakup scene, I went, Miles Teller's neck is super red. What the fuck? If you look at his neck and his chest, it's all red, like a rash. I'm like, is he okay? He probably got sunburned. Probably filmed it in the summertime to make it look like winter. Yeah, maybe. He was sweating a lot. That too. Um, next up is the scene where he uh, talks about his... Fletcher talks about his dying student. He goes, now we feel for Fletch. Don't make me feel for him if he's going to be an asshole in the next two seconds. And then and literally two seconds later, he was an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, don't remember, I love the character of Fletcher. It's such a great performance from J.K. Simmons. It's just, oh, I hated him so much. I think that's what a lot of me, I think that's why I didn't like this film as much. I took it too personal. I was like, if I was ever in this dude's class, I would just be like, eat ass and just leave. I wouldn't I put can, up with I, this I bullshit. That, but... I understand he's good and he's pushing you, but don't be an asshole. Like, you know? See, that's weird for me. I um, I, I saw the, this film legit gave me drive and it gave me motivation to yeah, this write. Is, I think that's when you started writing your uh, script for your college movie that you wanted to do, right? Yes. I, I, actually, I think it was at the beginning of um, of when we were writing that, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, think uh, about wh- wh- Whiplash spawned that dumpster fire. Hey, man, it wasn't that bad. There were some really good moments in that movie, that we uh, that script, I mean. There were some really good moments, but then there was a lot of dumb shit because we were, you know, in college. Well, the, so. the ending is what I like. Like, the whole entire, like, build and everything. Yeah, the, the ending was quite nice. Even even the twist ending with the uh, with the end credit scene I thought was pretty fun, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's alternate ending. But exactly, yeah. that's what I mean. Um, next note is, damn, dude, Andrew sucks at life and driving. Pay attention, my dude. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I got in a similar accident, but at least I wasn't, like, shitty about it. You know? Yeah. Uh, what a good dad when, um, Paul Newman is, um, or Wiseman is, uh, consoling his, uh, kid and telling him like, Hey man, if you want to quit, you can quit. Like, it's all good. Just like, chill out. I was like, oh man, look at him go. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Andrew ain't going to be like, it was me to Fletcher. At least it humbled Fletcher a bit. He needed to be taken down a peg. But turns out, you know, literally two seconds later, Fletcher be like, "Fuck you, bitch." Andrew deserves it a bit, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think either like they accidentally brought his name up, or Fletcher was like, "I, I know who it is." Oh, he. I mean, think about it. This kid fought you, then he you kick him out of the band, and then he gets dismissed from school, and then all of a sudden you get fired too because an anonymous witness testified against you, dude. It was the only enemy he made. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Not the well, only enemy, it, it, but like it, it could have been Tanner. It could well, have been Tanner. Also, Connolly. Connolly quit, and so did um, uh, Tanner switched to pre med. But like, still, my first assumption would have been like if I was in Fletcher's position, I'd have been like, it was Andrew. Fuck that kid. <laughs> so, um, next up is Andrew's redemption, but he's still being an asshole. It's his little redemption arc, and then all of a sudden he keeps going too far, and I'm like, he's just showing off too much. I was like, the other people in the band got to be super pissed off about what's about what's happening in this film. Like, damn, dude. And then my final note, sound editing was trash in this film, which we talked about earlier. The sound editing was just way too off. The mixing was bad. No, thank you. Take that word away. Take it away. Hunter for Box Office Losers says, take it away. <laughs> so, um, I, I, I've seen this movie like three times. I got I, I got bare minimum notes. Um, I, I love the score to this movie. It's just, it's so good. It's a great one. Um, this is a bit of a personal thing. Raisin at the popcorn is a no from me, Chief. Bunch of crunch or M and M's, dude. Yeah, but M and M's on popcorn is where it's at. Yeah, right. Who put the fuck I, was raisin at the popcorn? Only old people. I say this because with movie theaters, technically, well, I they're closed in my eyes because I will not step back into a movie theater until everything's over. Yeah, I same. legit bought like, a, like um, store Brit, like, like store movie theater popcorn and M and M's just to get that <laughs> feel. <laughs> nice. Hey, it, it works. Mm-hmm. Um, J.K. Simmons fits this role so well, and also he looks fucking jacked. 
He's ripped. He's fucking yoinked, dude. <laughs> and the ending of this movie is my favorite ending with the intensity it has. Yeah, it's got a, it's intense. I got to give it that. I'm not shitting on it, you know, just because it was like a super like circle jerky scene. It was intense and it did have its moments. And look at this. I think this is the highest rated film we've ever covered. Uh, through reviews, yes. Not through our reviews, because I gave it a meh review. Well, yeah, I, I meant pie via the, these reviews. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. yeah, dude, even the audience score agrees that it's a 94%. So, Whiplash has a score of 94% on Rotten Tomatoes based on 296 reviews. Only 19 of them are rotten. I had to find, I had to look for one. With a rating, with an average rating of 8.6 out of 10, the site's critical consensus states intense, inspiring, and well acted. Whiplash is a brilliant sophomore effort from director Damien Chazelle and a riveting vehicle for stars J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller. On Metacritic, though, it received only an 88 out of 100, based on only 49 critics indicating universal acclaim. Simmons received wide praise for his performance and won the 2015 Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. Hell yeah. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. Zacky boy, I know this is review isn't a perfect five out of five from our um, guy, but I felt like the uh, way he delivered his review was much better than a lot of the other five out of fives. So, mm. give us that good review, boy. Jeffrey McNabb of Independent UK. What gives the film such a kick is is the spirit of its um, improbability, is its raw and brutal, but also very subtle uh, portrayal of the shifting um, attrition. Uh, uh, what was that word? Attritional. Attritional, thank you. Relation between teachers and students. Scott, uh, sorcerer and the apprentice. Yeah, dude. Uh, we actually had a, another independent UK McNabb review in, I think, two films ago or three films ago. So, he's got okay. some de- he's got some decent opinions. Now, time for the bad review from Andrew Woodward of Little White Lies. If Chazelle's primary objective was to simply present two grossly exaggerated and unsympathetic characters, then he succeeded in some style. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can agree. But, um... So, before I give you my average, my total review, I'm going to read off my letterbox review that I think is a little, is a little fun. So, okay. I don't understand the hype behind this film. Simmons is fantastic, don't get me wrong, but this film is about two assholes trying to out-asshole each other. Andrew is a narcissistic prick with no real personality, and Fletcher is a psychotic, abusive wannabe who never had a shot, so he lives through others, like a pageant mom. <laughs> Fuck. Well. <laughs> it's true, though. Can't Tell me kinda, I, I, I can't disagree there, to be, for the most part. <laughs> I mean, again, I, I mean, I think I, I'm going to upgrade my score by one point. I'm going to do a seven. J.K. Simmons yelling curse words at his ki- at kids like he's fighting a losing custody battle. Out of ten. <laughs> And, uh, well, I gave this a perfect 10. 10, were you rushing or were you dragging? That's the best line in the movie, and that was, like, the first line. <laughs> that was, like, he goes, like, count one, two, three, one, two, three. Oh, now, was I rushing or was I dragging? Um, I, I don't know. Do it again. <laughs> That's the probably the best scene in the movie. Honestly, that's probably what made this movie so many people's like, oh my god, this is the best movie of 2014. Because, like, because everyone, uh, a lot of this was mainly um, Simmons, like, intensity. Because, really, yeah. I, I think a lot of people haven't seen him go, like, like he, he, he turned it up to, like, a, to, to an 11. No, I didn't even think J.K., not, not that J.K. Simmons is a bad actor. I just didn't think he was up on the echelon of phenomenal actors and then i watched this and i was like all right i see it he's really good i know i like him in all the roles he's been in that i've watched but this movie is probably his best movie that and also spider-man because no one can beat him <laughs> as jj that's not him being really good actor that's him playing a fantastic character and that's him Give me pictures of spider-man <laughs> that's what him being himself for sure but just like as J. and Jameson. I can't wait for him to come back in Spider-Man 3, man. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Him at... He's pretty much the Alex Jones of that universe. Dude, and that's... Well, that's what... Honestly, that's what J.J. is. He's the Alex Jones for Spider-Man. Uh, uh, so I love how they pretty much took into effect of which him being like a social media thing. Like also... Because that was in the 2018 uh, PS4 game. 
Also in the comic books, he uh, started a podcast, just like he what? was the radio show guy on uh, the game. Which is why I love it, because like, I want that mainly more than him being like the editor. I mean, it works for progress. Like, I know newspapers are still around, but a lot of news sites have switched to online or radio shows and podcasting. Like, it's an evolving medium, and I'm glad that they made JJ evolve, even though JJ is such an old man. <laughs> yeah. All right, Zach, close us out. My Thank dude. you guys for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Box Office Losers and on Twitter at Box Losers. Probably going to change the Twitter to Box Office Loser. See if that works. Mm, Who knows? Yeah. Until we, um, hopefully that works. If it does not, well, then Box still fuck you, Twitter. <laughs> uh, don't forget to do subscribe to the YouTube channel and. And wherever you are listening to this on the podcast platforms, leave a review. It helps us get up there and get us a lot of attention. Share with your friends that they like movies. That they, uh, if they hate movies, still show it to them. They can make fun of us. I don't yeah. care. Uh, Hunter, where can they find you? You can find me on the internet at Scruffy Moose Man. You can also find me every Tuesday morning, uh, every other Tuesday morning on Pound That Button, a gaming podcast. You can find me Wednesday at 10 a.m. All my podcasts are at 10 a.m. You can find me Wednesday uh, at Android's Amazing Podcast, which is a comic book podcast. And then Thursday is the Farthest Galaxy, my Star Wars podcast. Yes, I hate myself, and I have four podcasts. Zach? Where can we find you on the interweaves? You can find me literally anywhere. Um, with the tag of at Dark Shadowzake. I am th- that I I have cornered that as my go-to tag. Yeah. I am also a contributor for the sports hit list. I will be uh well today as of this recording, I will I will be reviewing AEW Dynamite that should be up um on Thursday. So hopefully cool. you guys saw that yesterday. If it's not up, hopefully you guys can see it overall on the Sports Hit List Facebook page. Other than that, though, we thank you all for listening. I am dying, holding back coughs. Um, But yeah, guys, (laughs) have a good one, and peace out. Bye-bye. If you deliberately sabotage my band, I will fuck you like a pig. Now, are you a rusher, or are you a dragger, or are you going to be on my fucking time?